Hello and welcome to the Cody Builds a Business Podcast, your front row seat to watching me build a seven-figure online business from scratch or die trying. I'm your host, Cody Birch, and on today's episode, we'll be talking about unplugging from technology and how to be completely present. So a quick follow-up to the bonus episode I recorded in the airport. We're going to talk about the five most shameful times I've used technology, what it really feels like when you're 100% present and 0% distracted, and then my top takeaways from three and a half days with literally zero technology. Let's get started. A few days ago, I recorded a bonus episode from the airport in Denver when I was flying out to what was called a uh, the Blackout Club. It's a te- it's a technology free retreat. At least that's what I, I thought it was. I mean, that, that is actually what it was, but I learned so much more than that. And so the basic premise was we were going to. Uh, I flew into Jacksonville, uh, Florida, and I, that's all I knew. I just knew I was staying at a hotel. Then we were meeting at noon. We would be given the address at that time. So there was no uh, idea of what we were doing, where we were going, where we were going to go on a boat or a submarine or a house or a hotel or we really just had no idea. So I'll fill you in on all those details, but just wanted to pick back up and give you some uh, just kind of close that loop on what I learned on that trip. It was really one of the more you know transformative few days of my life. I'm really glad that I got to go do it. Really blessed that I was you know uh, had the ability to go, the calendar to go, the supportive wife to, to take care of the kids and the family while I was gone, and it was a really cool experience. So first, I want to uh, fill you in on what actually happened on the trip. So we flew into Jacksonville, Florida. I took an Uber to the hotel or uh, got to the hotel. Uh, and then the next day really didn't have anybody's, I didn't know anybody on the trip, so I didn't have a way to contact anyone. We just told to show up in the lobby at noon and would be given an address. I knew some people would be driving uh, together and some people would be taking a lift. And uh, that's what I ended up doing. So I went to the lobby, met the people there, Cool people, all you know, all about the same age, all you know, entrepreneurs doing stuff. Just some kind of pleasantries. We got to know each other a bit, and we split into two separate cars. And we got—I uh, was in a car with two other guys as we took a Lyft or an Uber or whatever. Uh, didn't know where we were going, but I could just kind of see the navigation. We were going about an hour north, um, and so we were in Jacksonville, Florida, which is like North Florida. So I assumed by that time we would end up somewhere in Georgia, and we were kind of near the ocean. So that was about all I knew about that. Funny story on the drive up about 30 minutes in, we still had our phones at this point. We didn't have to turn them over, but we broke down. The car just stopped going. I was in the front seat. Uh, the guy was driving and didn't speak a ton of English. And so he was just pointing at the accelerator and pointing at the gas and pointing at the steering wheel and kept trying to restart the car on the road, which I had never seen before. I was like, dude, pull over. Like, it's totally okay. Just pull over, see if you can restart the engine. Uh, from the safety of the side of the road and not like the middle lane on a highway on I-95 in Florida. So we broke down and long story short, it was like kind of helpful to have technology because we could call Rob, the guy that put it together. We tried to call another Uber, another Lyft. We were pretty far out in the middle of nowhere at that point. We tried to call a taxi. So, you know, having a phone was helpful. If we didn't have a phone, I don't know what we would have done other than walk to a payphone. Like, I'm not sure what you do if you have no technology at that point. So luckily we got uh, a car, somebody came and picked us up. We got where we were going. And then we were, uh, we got just a quick like drink at this cool coastal restaurant. And then we walked a bit uh, near a dock. And then we took a quick right down the dock, uh, still with our luggage, still with our phones. 
Then we ceremoniously handed over our cell phones to Rob, the guy putting on the trip, and got on a, a little pontoon boat and then went up the river. So I found out we were on the Darien River, uh, if you want to look that up where we were at, and then uh, went to this house. Basically, it was a really nice house. It was like a, uh, a lake house, think kind of a, I don't know, just a nice lake house. It wasn't totally like a camping trip. There weren't, you know, roaches and spiders and cobwebs and stuff in the bunk beds, but it was a really great house. And I just want to kind of hit on some of the, the, the highlights of the, of the trip here. So uh, day one, we kind of got to know each other. We had a meal. Uh, we goofed around a bit. Nobody was really settled in. Everybody was a little antsy with giving up their phones and technology, wondering how these three and a half days would go. Um, but it was fine. We had a good dinner. We went to bed. We you know, sit around the fire. We went to bed. Uh, the next day we went, uh, same thing. We didn't know where we were going, but we got on a boat. We had packed a lunch. Somebody had packed a lunch, taken some lunch orders, didn't know where we were going. Ended up on a really cool island and um, got off the dock. We had our cooler and now it's like nine guys just kind of standing around in the middle of this island and nobody really drove by. It looked deserted, honestly. It's come to find out there was about 50 people that live on the island. And uh, then Rob came up and said, hey, we're in this car. And we looked up and there were like seven really beat up rust bucket trucks and Broncos and SUVs parked along the tree line pretty near the dock. And uh, we crammed nine guys into a five seat uh, Ford Bronco along with the cooler and a bunch of other stuff. And then took this rusty vehicle around the island. Now, it was cool because we didn't know where we were going. And it was felt like a really cool sense of adventure. Um, and we've I, honestly, it kind of felt like a kid again. We didn't know what was going on. Didn't know where your next meal was coming from. Didn't know what the destination was. But somebody did. And you just kind of surrendered to that notion, which was really cool. And then um, we got to do a little bit of sightseeing. Saw some of the buildings on the island. Saw a really cool lighthouse. Had some lunch. And then we walked on this really secluded uh, beach. What was cool about that is it was... We were there for two hours probably, and nobody really had a watch. Nobody knew what time it was, but we didn't see a soul. So I don't know when the last time was you've walked on a beach for two hours and not seen anybody else. I was in, in Miami a few weeks ago, and on the beach, there's hundreds of people, and there's boats, and there's Jeeps, and somebody's got a motorcycle, and they're playing music, and there's planes flying over the beach to advertise a movie or a club or a concert. And it was just noisy. There were just lots of people. You could see boats off in the distance. We didn't see anything. There were no boats. There was no planes. There was no people. There was no volleyball tournament or a Corona tent or whatever. There was nothing. And so it was really nice to just be able to be really present there without, you know, trying to take a photo or trying to check your phone or wondering what was happening at the real world. It was really when the transition happened of, of you know, being really present and just settling into the fact that you, whether you want to or not, this is where you're at. There's no way to speed up the process and no desire to speed up the process. There's no way to you know, call your wife or check Facebook or whatever you're tempted to do in your downtime. So that was really great. Um, and then the next day uh, we had some quiet time again. And at that point, that's when I really kind of zenned out. Like I'm not a big yoga guy or meditation guy, but by that time my brain had become so simple. The focus was so simple to just really enjoy where I was. I felt very present. I felt very in the moment. What I mean by that is I was laying on a hammock and it was mosquito nets and it was a nice, it wasn't too hot, it wasn't cold. And I just laid there and I just kind of watched a ceiling fan. And all, all I was thinking about as a ceiling fan was it was just that there was a ceiling fan. I had no judgment about the ceiling fan. I was just very aware of where I was and I felt very relaxed. And um, that was that, that was really a, about, about it. I just felt very in the moment. Um, and then the last story to kind of help you understand what it's like with no technology, what I found is the bar is so low for, is this worth looking up on my phone? 
could be a movie or the weather or a statistic or a sports score or whatever. I mean, we didn't know what was going on, what was happening in the NFL draft, what was happening. We had no way of getting news and it was fine. It, it actually was really amazing. Like we're so burdened with push notifications and beeping and buzzing. In fact, right before I hit record, I got a Facebook Messenger buzz and I looked over at it and it was distracting. And I was about in the zone for this podcast recording and, and did that instead. So um, it was just really um, in the moment. So I think it was the last night at dinner we had now been two or three days with no technology, no news, no interaction. And a guy was trying to think of the name of the brand of the bike that he had. And one of the guys that was there worked at a bike shop and he listed off all these names of bikes. Is it a Trek? No, I don't think it's a Trek. It's, is it a Gary Fisher? No, not a Gary Fisher. Is it this? Is it that? And and all of us pitched in like, well, is it this? You know, What does it sound like? What does it start with? Is it a specialized? Does it start with an S? Is it a, a guy's name? Like, what's the name of the bike? Is it a road bike or mountain bike? Is it, well, it's a road bike. And Okay, what is it? Is it a like a French word? Is it an English word? And we just had to guess and guess and guess and guess. And about 15 minutes went by. And then finally somebody said, Is it a Cannondale? And he said, That's it, it's a Cannondale. And we all kind of laughed. And somebody said, if we had our phones, we could have looked that up in you know a second, five seconds, you know, all the bike names, and he just would have picked one. But we were just all there together with no distraction, and we were making eye contact and having conversations. And if this sounds all cheesy and corny to you, I get it. I, I, I might be the same way. But um, you have a new perspective after you spend a few days um, alone in the woods. So that's what the actual experience uh, was like. And after this, uh, the next little segment, I want to chat about the five most times that uh, the five most embarrassing times I've used technology and kind of felt bad about it because it'll put it in perspective. Maybe you've done some of these things as well on why it's important to unplug and why it's important to not let technology rule our lives and how we can be more present with those around us. All right, here are the five times that I've used technology, uh, listening to a podcast, checking Facebook, checking email that I'm not uh, proud of. And this isn't all the time, but I'm just going to be straight up with you because that's my vow to you on this podcast. But number one is during meals. Whether I'm on my phone or not at dinner is a little irrelevant, but it's almost always in my pocket. And so if it vibrates or buzzes, I still will take a glance at it and look down. Sometimes it's on the table, which is distracting. And I mean with my kids, my family, my, my wife, or with a friend or something at a bar, we usually, you know, you show up at a restaurant. You put your phone on the table, but if it buzzes, you look at it. And uh, I, I don't like doing that. It's an easy fix for me to say, hey, that's that's not going to be the case anymore. Don't even have it in your pocket. Put it in your backpack. Leave it on the counter. Leave it in your bedroom. Leave it in your office. If you're going to have a meal or a meeting with somebody, don't put it in your pocket and don't put it on the table. It's it's a little rude and it's a little distracting. So that's the number one way. That's an easy change for me. I'm just not going to have my phone uh, around me or on me during meals, especially with my family, especially on a date night or whatever, just out of the way. Number two is in the morning. So right when I wake up, I get up around five o'clock and probably three out of five mornings, I scroll through Instagram and Facebook first thing. And I, it's my least favorite part of my day. It's been the least favorite part of my day for six months and I'm very aware of it and I hate it, but I still don't stop doing it. I, I don't know why I do it. It's from 501 to 525 and it's just wasted time. Maybe it's like my snooze button, um, but it doesn't serve me. It's not useful. I don't like it and I'm going to stop doing that. So today was like day one and I set my alarm for five o'clock. I got up. I didn't check Facebook, didn't, didn't, didn't check Instagram, did some stretching, played with my dog a bit and got ready for the gym, went to the gym without that uh, Instagram mindless scrolling in the morning. So that's number two. Number three is at the gym itself. Like I used to do supersets. If you work out, it's just like two things back to back. So do push-ups and then do bicep curls, like instead of resting. But I have gotten in the habit of where between sets, I would check my phone. 
And it makes my workouts take longer. It makes them less efficient and it makes them less intense. So I burn less calories and get less results. And so today at the gym, I didn't do that. I did went back to supersets. We'll see how long this stuff lasts. I'm just telling you the five areas. Number four is uh, work time. Uh, just like I said, just now recording a podcast and my phone buzz, I took a look at it. It's distracting. It takes you a minute to get back into the groove of what you were doing because you're checking your phone or checking Facebook. In fact, I went to uh, sit down. I had my morning smoothie and I thought this is today. Like I'm already back at it, right? I, I wanted like a bigger straw. So I went on to Amazon and I bought bigger smoothie straws. It'll be here, you know, tomorrow or the next day, whatever. And it just hit me like, man, I'm already so distracted. The bar is so low. Like I said, to do you check technology? Do you use technology or not? So that's number four. If I can dial it in for three to five hours a day, I'm going to have amazing productive work days in the zone and not get distracted. And the fifth one that I have used in the past and don't plan on doing going forward is on the weekends. And I don't mean totally shutting down on the weekends, but if we go on a hike, I take my phone to take a picture. If we go on a, you know, go to the movies on the way there, I'll check my phone to play music or listen to a podcast. If we're, you know, whatever it is like on the weekends, it's always easy to have your phone on you. And Again, I'm not a teetotaler. I'm not saying never use technology again because technology is awesome. Like when your lift breaks down on the side of the road, it's great. Uh, I'm just saying on the weekends when you're there with people, they're walking the dog, they're with your kids and your friends and your spouse, whatever, just to be more present when there's other people around and just being you know, aware of those other people, looking them in the eyes, having great conversations, asking great questions, uh, et cetera. So the last segment uh, here on today's podcast, I'm going to talk about the big takeaways that I learned on three and a half days without tech. All right, here are the uh, four or five things that I really learned about or my big takeaways from being without technology for three and a half days. So number one is just the power of being really present. And here's what I mean by that, not to sound all woo woo or whatever on you, but like just being present with somebody. So in the real world, having uh, this morning, I had coffee with my wife just for five or 10 minutes. Neither one of us were checking our phone. There was no podcast playing in the background. The TV wasn't on and we had a quick conversation and I felt very present and I was with her. That's what I mean. It's the, the power of when you're with another person face to face or on the phone or on a Zoom call to be present and in that moment and not checking your phone or listening to something else. Um, I thought of another uh, tech shaming thing that I've done in the past that I'm, not a, that I'm not proud of. Sometimes I'll listen to a podcast on a dog walk and come home and keep my AirPods in while like my kids are around. So if they reach out to me, I either can't hear them or I have to take my AirPod out. And like, that's something again, I'm not proud of. So that's bonus uh, time. I've used technology that I'm not proud of. Um, so the power of being really present when you're with your kids packing their lunch, be with them packing their lunch, ask them about their day, what they're looking forward to, anything coming up that they're excited about or nervous about, just being present and in that moment, having a meal with somebody and being at that meal, being on the phone with somebody and being present on that on that phone call. That's what I mean when I say the power of presence or the pursuit of presence to like hunt that down and train yourself to know this is a time where I need to be really connected and I can't allow a distraction like technology to be uh, interfering in this moment. So that was takeaway number one. Takeaway number two is there's no shame or judgment that I think that you should feel or I should feel when it comes to technology. It's just a heightened awareness of when we use technology to fill a void. If we're bored, if we're um, like somebody thought while we were out at the at this lake house uh, or river house or whatever, they asked if we wanted music at dinner because there was a way somebody could play music. And honestly, we were like, not really. Like you could just hear, here it comes. It's like kind of cheesy, great to roll your eyes. 
there was like the sound of the of the wind and there were like birds chirping and there were bugs making noises and there were frogs croaking and it was just a different time like i can listen to music wherever but at dinner with these people let's just not let music get in the way because then you're thinking about the lyrics or you're singing a song or it reminds you of another song that you like or whatever so um just just being aware of that and then i also felt from myself and from other people like wait a minute should i be ashamed that i use technology should i judge myself that i use my cell phone or to check the weather or listen to a podcast or download apps or whatever and i say no i'm i'm recording a podcast right now there's no shame in like using technology at all period and i don't i'm not i don't ever think any of us should feel embarrassed about using technology now if you're at like your grandmother's funeral and you can't get off you know, Snapchat for a minute and like be reverent and be in that moment, then you should be, there should be some shame and judgment in, in that inability to totally unplug. But the fact that you're using your phone is not something that I think anybody should be ashamed of. Now, what I'm going to do is turn off more notifications where I don't get pinged as much and it doesn't vibrate as much and alert me as much. Keep my phone on airplane mode more often. Keep my watch on airplane mode or do not disturb 24 seven. So my Apple watch doesn't bu uh, buzz and interrupt my day. Um, but no shame and no, no judgment. Um, so go easy on yourself. Like I told the guys out before, I was like, Hey, go, go, go easy on yourself. I'm gonna go easy on myself. Like technology is a great tool that when your car breaks down, it's good to know. You need to know if it's going to rain today when you send your kids out for school, like do they need their jackets or not. Like it's okay to use tech to know that stuff. Uh, the third takeaway I had was when I was uh, at the airport, I landed yesterday and I wanted to stop and I got some, I got a smoothie. So I stopped at like a smoothie shop. Um, and I ordered, she said, what's your name? And I told her my name for my order. And then between her, like, I think I scanned my credit card, which takes 15 seconds. She was doing something. She was swiping just out of eyesight on a device. And I just craned my neck a bit and looked over. And I saw that the person that took my order had her personal cell phone up there. And she was playing uh, some type of Pokemon game. I know that because there was like the red and white ball. And then the machine beeped snapped her out of her days in the Pokemon game and she handed me my receipt. And I was just aware, right? Like <laughs> no judgment, a little bit of judgment because she was on the clock and she had a customer there and she could have said, how's your flight or where are you coming from? Or she could have taken a moment to engage with me, but she was literally playing a video game or an app on her phone while waiting for my credit card to process. And so I just noticed it and a little data point and um, just saying, be, you know, be aware. There's a little takeaway. Uh, the last two things, well, one I already kind of talked about is using technology as a tool. Check the weather, check check into your flight, call an Uber, call a Lyft in case of emergencies. That's totally you know fine. It's just an interesting way. Technology is not inherently good or bad. It's a tool and it's kind of how we use it. And then the last point or the last takeaway was just kind of be aware of the void. If there's downtime, quiet time, uh, it could be on a walk. It could be sitting in line at the bank or whatever. Like, what are you doing to fill that void? And uh, I'm one, so I got my phone back yesterday and I thought I'm gonna do three things. I'm gonna number one, text my wife, tell her I'm safe, that I survived you know, without technology in an unknown, unknown location. Uh, number two, I wanna see where Baker Mayfield got drafted because I went to Oklahoma where he went to college. So when the NFL draft happened over the weekend, so I checked that, he went to the Browns, I had an opinion about that. And then uh, I wanted to see if the Oklahoma City Thunder uh, lost their playoff game. I thought they would, like statistically it wasn't great and they did, but then, I took a taxi for an hour from Georgia to uh, the airport and there was nothing to do. Like the guy driving it was 
I'm sure we didn't have a ton in common and we made a little bit of small talk, but for an hour drive, it, it there wasn't much to talk about. I'm naturally kind of introverted guy. Then I got to the airport three hours early and had some food and then I had to wait for my gate and then I had to whatever. Then I was on a plane for three hours. So like, I'm not this new zend out like dude that just never is going to touch technology again, but I'm definitely more mindful of how I use it and how I interact with others and how I show up and how I'm intentional. Um, you know, when, when I, when I use technology and, and we'll see how that goes. But if you get a chance to unplug for a few days, I would highly recommend it. My friend, Rob, if you're considering something like this, he's hosting a few more events like this. His next one at the time of this recording is in like a, a month. It's in Ireland. It's super isolated. It is, uh, only for, I think he said six people can go, but there's other events like this. I'm sure you can get together with your friends or right here in Colorado where I live. It's pretty easy to get off the grid and go camping for a day or two. But everything from putting your phone away at dinner or putting your phone away, no music on a dog walk uh, or just outside with your friends and family, people you love with no phone, leave it in the car, leave it in your backpack, don't keep it in your pocket, all the way to take a weekend or take a day and don't use your phone, don't use your laptop, don't use technology at all. Um, you can still listen to this podcast, like that's okay, like I'll allow you to do that, but make sure you're connected and you're with others um, and, and you're really showing up for them. It, it'll make a world of difference. Um, like I said at the beginning of this episode, it was really one of the most uh, unique events that I've done in my adult life. Super grateful that it happened. I'm grateful to my wife for being able to take care of the kids. Grateful for my friend Rob for having an event like this. Grateful for being an entrepreneur, building a business that allowed me the freedom to not really have to ask off from work. I just went. I left on Tuesday, got back on Sunday night, and just made that decision. That's one of my favorite things about being an entrepreneur and building a business is I can do stuff like this and connect with other entrepreneurs and make it a business expense and a marketing expense. It's been really great. So thanks for listening uh, to today's episode of Cody Builds a Business. Next few episodes, I am starting my funnel a day in May promotion where I am going to be building a funnel a day in May live on Facebook. Um, so be sure to check that out. That's going to be happening at my Cody Birch Facebook fan page. Uh, that's the one that's facebook.com slash Cody Birch digital. I'll put it in the show notes. So if you want to tune in there and watch me build uh, funnels live, watch the recordings of it, ask questions while I'm live, interact with me. If you're wondering, do marketing funnels work? You know, what would it look like for me? I've even got a special thing I'm doing where people can apply to be selected where I will build your funnel live on Facebook as well. There's no uh, link at the moment of the time of this recording. There will be one soon. I'll put it in the show notes in future episodes. You have to tune into that to hear how you can be considered to get your funnel built live on Facebook by me. Um, and I'm super pumped for that. So that'll be what the next few episodes are back. We're kind of back from these bonus episodes. We're back to Cody builds a business and I'm gonna start building this e-commerce business. I'll give you guys an update because tomorrow's May 1st and uh, update you on where I'm at in the business and what happened in April and is anybody paying attention and did I make any money and all those types of things too. So thanks for tuning in and I'll see you on the next episode.